0: truth in Lord's Day 47. Let's now read that Lord's Day. You'll find it on page 556 of your books of praise. Lord's Day 47, question and answer 122. This is your confession. What is the first petition? Hallowed be your name, that is, grant us, first of all, that we may rightly know you and sanctify, glorify, and praise you in all your works, in which shine forth your almighty power, wisdom, goodness, righteousness, mercy, and truth. Grant us also that we may so direct our whole life, our thoughts, words, and actions that your name is not blasphemed because of us, but always honored and praised. Thus far, our confession. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, this afternoon we will delve a little deeper into prayer, We will dig a little deeper into the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that the Lord Himself gave us. And we will look a little more at what we do when we pray. How we use that gift that the Lord has given us, that gift of prayer, the means by which we may speak to God, and the means by which He blesses us with many gifts. Now, as we come before the Lord in prayer, we come with requests. We call these petitions. Now, the Lord's Prayer is divided into six petitions. There is a list of six requests in this prayer that we bring before the Lord, that we lay before Him. So today, we will consider the first of those petitions now what is striking about the first petition is what we are to ask for. God comes up to us as we kneel before him in prayer. And as one person has put it, he asks us, what would you like most of all? What shall I give you first? And the answer is hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. At first glance, it doesn't even appear to be a petition, a request. It would appear to simply be connected to the address, an expansion of our Father who is in heaven. But that is not what is being said here. Hallowed be your name is not a statement It is a command. The first petition is commanding that an action be done to the name of the Lord. That an action be done to the name of the Lord by God the Father. Now a command like this in a prayer is is actually more accurately called a plea. So in this prayer, we are pleading with God to act in relation to his name. Now, the word hallowed should probably be explained a little more. It's a word that we don't use that often. We may hear the phrase, these hallowed halls, which gives a sense of majesty and importance but there the word is used as a sort of adjective, which describes the halls. But the word used here in the Lord's Prayer by our Lord Jesus, in Matthew 6 verse 9 and in Luke 11 verse 2, the word used here is a verb. It's an action word. So what does it mean to hallow something? Now the word used means to make Holy. Now, holy means set aside or or consecrated, put aside for service. And it also means pure and clean. It is something or someone who is used in the service of God, and it is what they must be. They must be holy in order to be in the presence of God. God is holy. And his name is holy. And here we are asking him to make his name holy. So we have to ask, how can that happen? God is holy. How can he make his name more holy? What we are doing is we are calling on God to preserve his name. To protect it from whatever would profane it. And we are asking that it would be proclaimed and revealed as holy more and more. So the command is not so much directed at God doing something to himself or to his name, but we are asking that he do something in the world and to us. And so I proclaim to you the word of God as we confess to its truth In Lord's Day 47, under the following theme. When we pray to our Father in Heaven, we plead, Hallowed be Your name. And we will see two things. We will see that we plead for God to help us know Him better. And we will see that we plead for God to help us direct our lives to His glory. Now, as we come to the Lord in prayer, as he asks us, what would you like most of all? We we really are saying, help us to get to know you better. A, A plea comes out from our hearts and we simply ask, I want to know you more. I want to praise you more. Help me to do that. Our confession puts it this way. Grant us, first of all, that we may rightly know you and sanctify, glorify, and praise you in all your works, in which shine forth your almighty power, wisdom, goodness, righteousness, mercy, and truth. In a way, the first petition is really a restatement of the third command. There God prohibits the misuse or blaspheming of His name. And He commands that His people properly use His name. And we confess in connection with that command that we are to use His name with fear and reverence so that we may rightly confess Him, call upon Him and praise Him in all our words and works the idea of God's name being properly used involves our knowing who God is. And that really is what we are asking in the first petition. It is really a plea that God open our hearts so that we may see more clearly who He is. Theologians have often spoken of what our confession says here as Knowing God in all his works and his attributes. Everything that God has done and all that he is. His, his character, who he is, shines through his works of creation, redemption and sanctification. In the first petition, we are asking that God would move us more and more to meditate on who he is. Psalm 145, which we read earlier, is a beautiful example of one of God's children doing just this. There David says in the first three verses of Psalm 145, he says, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. And then he continues as he he reflects on something that he can never really fathom. He says there, one generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. And then he speaks about who God is and what God has done. He says there, the Lord is gracious and compassionate. Slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. And then David continues to reflect on God. He reflects on on God's glory, his kingdom, his power, his faithfulness, his righteousness and his nearness. As David comes before the Lord in prayer, his mind is completely filled with the glory of God. God hallows his name by moving David to look, to, to consider, to meditate upon God in all his fullness. So the first petition is a plea that we may be moved, that we may be granted the ability by the Spirit to praise God and to glorify His name, and that the holiness of God's name be more fully realized by us. When we truly consider the glory of God, we come to realize that nothing else on earth matters more than that God receives all praise and honor. Anything less is to misunderstand or fail to grasp the greatness of God. As we consider ourselves more closely, we we may even realize that we, in effect, ignore God. We may perhaps have an understanding that He exists, that He is there. But not really bring ourselves face to face with what that means. We know that God is there. We know that He created all things. We know that He sent His Son. And we greet all that knowledge with a yawn. We are too trapped inside ourselves to really see God. For who he is. Or we may think of God as simply. One who acts for us. And I wonder that sometimes we. May begin to think that. That that is what God is for. That that is his job. God is the one who is there for us. In our prayers as we come before him we. We go straight for what we need. The purpose of God is that he acts for us. And outside of that, we we don't really think much about God. Yes, God is there for us. And he acts for us. But that is his grace. That is not his job. God does not exist for us. We exist for Him. We exist by Him, through Him, and in Him. To not fully grasp this is to not really know God fully. And the first petition recognizes this. It recognizes that we need help in putting God first and in recognizing who God is. The first petition is a plea that we might be set free from our self-involvement so that we may fully dwell on the glory of God. It is a recognition that in our fallen nature, we don't look first to God and that we are not able to see Him as He is and that we don't fully comprehend, grasp, the glory of who he is it is a confession of our weakness and of our inability it's a confession that we do not we that we not only do not look intently to god but that we are unable or even unwilling to look to him and consider his glory it is a confession that we often view him as simply there, in the background. The first petition is a plea that our darkened minds would more and more be moved to look beyond ourselves and to look to God, to dwell on him, to consider him in all his glory. So the plea, hallowed be your name, is not a plea that God's name be changed so that it would be more holy. It is a plea that we be changed at the core of our being. It is a plea that God would dig down deep inside us and change the way we are in knowing him. But it does not end there. In this plea, in this petition, we also ask that God would change us as we act in the world. Our plea with God to hallow his name is not something that is simply restricted to our minds. It is not simply that we would be acted on internally and have an understanding of the glory of God. Now this petition is a plea to God. To change us in everything that we think, but also in everything that we say and do. We plead for God to help us direct our lives to His glory. <clears throat> the first petition is really a recognition that our actions in the world have a bearing on the holiness of God's name. Now, name has the sense of reputation. In the Old Testament, we see that God's reputation, His name can be sullied, made dirty by the way God's people act. The prophets speaking for God spoke again and again about how the people had acted in such a way that the holiness of God's name was profane. The holiness of God's name was not recognized. And We saw something similar when we looked at, the, at our confession of the third commandment. The blaspheming of God's name means that we misuse it in our thinking and speaking, but also that we represent God. In the world, and that our actions reflect on Him. You can think about it in this way: if you if you work for somebody and you're driving their work truck around town, and you drive like a maniac, your boss will probably get a phone call, and then he'll say to you, "Why did you do that? You drove around with my work truck, with my name all over it. You made my name look bad." that's what's being dealt with in the third commandment. And that's what we're asking God to help us with in the first petition. In the Old Testament, we can see this in Ezekiel 36. Let's turn there for a moment. Ezekiel 36, the verses 20 through 23. There the Lord speaks about what he did to Israel when they, when they acted against him. How they rebelled against him and spurned him. How they were more wicked than all the nations around them. And how he exiled them from the promised land. And then he says, And wherever they went among the nations, they profaned my holy name. For it was said of them, These are the Lord's people. And yet they had to leave his land. I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel profaned among the nations where they had gone. Therefore say to the house of Israel, This is what the sovereign Lord says. It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned. Among the nations where you have gone. I will show the holiness of my great name. Which has been profaned among the nations. The name you have profaned among them. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord. Declares the sovereign Lord. When I show myself holy through you. Before their eyes. The holiness of God's name is connected to us and to our actions. Our actions reflect the holiness of God's name to the world around us. Martin Luther expressed it this way, God's name is hallowed when His children live holy lives. The destruction that is done when God's children fall into sin. How God's name is profaned. We shine the light of Christ into the world around us, but so often we fall short. And we either blend into the world or we tarnish the name of God. How many of our co-workers would be surprised to learn that we are Christians? Or how many of us would be embarrassed if they found out That we were Christians because they know our lives don't match up with the gospel and the glory of God. The first petition is a plea for God to deliver us from that. And that he would hallow his name through us. The first petition is a plea to God to help us as we reflect his glory into the world. It is a recognition that our actions so often go against or detract from God's glory. This pains us so. And so, as we kneel before God in prayer, we plead with Him that He would direct our whole life toward His glory. We say, Grant us. That is, we cannot do it of ourselves. We need God's grace and the Holy Spirit to do this. The first petition is a plea that we would be given what we need for the task. It is a plea for our lives to be aligned with God's commands. Our thoughts, our words and actions, that they would all be in accord with what God calls us to be that we would be who we have been called to be in Christ. When we make this plea from the heart, when we truly long for God to be glorified through us, we do not simply let this stay in our minds. In the history of the church, there has often been a tendency to view the exercise of our religion as Primarily a matter of the heart and the mind. James addresses this in James 1 verse 22. He says there, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. We do not simply look to a transformation of our minds that does not see our actions changed as well. So our plea in the first petition... Looks to our thoughts and actions hallowing God's name. We are called to a holy life. But what God demands, he also provides. Call on him in prayer. There may be a way of life that, that needs to go. It will be hard, but respond to the gospel. Plead. Plead for the Lord to, to give you what you need. Plead that he will hallow his name by directing you so that his name is always honored and praised in the world. To use the words of Peter, may he move you to live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God. On the day he visits us, our plea in the first petition is that we, like David in Psalm 145, be moved not only to reflect, consider, and wonder at God's glory, but that we will be moved to proclaim to all, in all our speaking and doing, that same glory David says there in verse 6 of Psalm 145 they will tell the power of your awesome works and I will proclaim your great deeds they will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness and then he concludes the psalm with with these words verse 21 My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord, that every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. David cannot contain himself. He praises the Lord, and then he calls on all of creation to join him in the praise of the Lord. That is what he longs for. That is what we long for. In the first petition of the Lord's Prayer. We plead with the Lord that He will make that happen in the world. That He will make it happen in us, first of all. And that He will then make it happen in the world through us. That everyone will confess that Christ is King and give glory to God. Amen. Let us now to the proclamation of the word by singing hymn 63, the verses 1 and 2. If you are able, please rise.